excited I am to be here with you. right there. Somebody give it to the cook. I mean, this, those uh, cupcakes were made by him. Man, awesome. They're delicious. Thank you so much for that. What a gift of hospitality AJ has. We are in a series. We're about midway in it, and um, it's been a series about uh, God's relationship with us. I'm going to switch headgear now. And it's been, a, it's been a series about relationships and, our, and specifically our relationship with God. And we've been looking at Psalm 139, um, and we've kind of broken that down, and we're looking at a piece of it each week. And uh, in the Pursuit series, we're talking about, um, about these relationships. Now, I want to just open with a very practical way that you can be in relationship with God if you are here at Crosswalk at Lovers Lane United Methodist Church. And I want to bring to your attention, I think I shared with you a vision about eight months ago about small groups and how important they are in the life of our church. We are launching a ton of them right now. I think there are like 17 new small groups um, starting in this church. And so a couple that I want to point out to you um, are uh, Carla, who is leading us in our prayer study on Monday nights. That's at Serenity House at 7. God, that group is fantastic, and it still has a month full of beautiful, brilliant teaching about how God can use us in our prayer lives to really move us and to really, really have the power of the church be a voice in our world right now, but that it starts in prayer. And so if you have a Monday night available, you might want to check that out. Another one, Brandon. Brandon. You're over here too. Yes, Brandon's been teaching the shack study, and there are more um, weeks of the shack uh, to go. We actually have the writer of the shack, Paul Young, coming. So that group kind of culminates into Paul Young's appearance here. So that's Saturday is at 11 in Serenity House. Lots of things to do. We have a new um, men and women's group. There's Broken and Blessed, which is written by Jessica Legrone. That is a women's study. It's going to be here on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock, and then we have... I'm sorry, at 6.30, and a men's group called Renegade Gospel. And I think uh, Ryan Nolan and Matt and some other folks are going to join me in that study um, coming up soon. Um, that's also going to be on Tuesday nights at 7. There's all kinds of stuff. This brochure is back in the back. It's available there. It's also available at the welcome desk. There's a Wesley Covenant Challenge. That's going to be taught by Pastor Jacob Kiga. And it talks about a 21-day challenge to really kind of take in what Wesley um, was all about it and kind of let Wesley's teachings kind of guide us. And, and so if you've never uh, been to a United Methodist Church or you've never heard much about John Wesley, this is a great way to kind of get oriented to that. There's Bible studies. There's even like ASL language. It's for the rest of the year. So be sure you pick one of these up and be sure that you're connecting. This is a terrific practical way to be in a deeper, more committed relationship with God and also to like be exposed to one another and in relationship with one another. Okay. Now I want to talk to you today about God's relationship. Our relationship with God and God's relationship with us. And this is best understood in how God stewards God's own relationships. So the first thing that I want to say to you and kind of lift up to you is a question. Is a question that I would like for us to frame our discussion around this morning. 
And it's about how personal God is with you and how personal you are with God. And so my question for you is simply this. Are you growing apart from or toward real intimacy with God? Are you growing apart from or toward real intimacy with God? That's going to be the question that we're going to talk about. God being personal means that God has a very, very intimate knowledge of us. And so a a personal relationship, though, is not one-sided. Okay, so we're, we're going to talk about how we get to an intimate place with God, a place that's deeper. I, I hear all of the time, oh, I don't feel like it's deep, or I don't feel like it's fed, or I don't, you know, those kinds of things are signs that we're craving a depth with God. Now, other than the very practical way that I lifted up how you might deepen your relationship with God, let's talk about the fact that God's love God's relationship with you, it actually all boils down to perfect love. If you want an intimate relationship with God, it really all boils down to perfect love. And you have to decide whether you're moving apart from or toward God's perfect love for you. Now, John Wesley actually uh, 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 said very brilliantly and articulated very brilliantly his own experience with this perfect love. He described it as an experience in which he had a strangely warmed heart. A strangely warmed heart. And his belief was that you actually can move from just knowing about God, knowing things about God, knowledge about God, to knowing God in a much more personal way. Even a a Christian perfection is his words. You can grow towards this depth of Christian perfection. Now, that's a big thing. He said that we can grow that way. So if we're going to answer the question, are we growing toward or apart from God's intimate, perfect love. We need something to ground us in that. And and brilliantly, we've got this gorgeous psalm written in in 139. I'm going to read and start in chapter 13. I mean, sorry, uh, verse 13. But I want you to hear this in the message version. But you may have another version, and that's okay. We're going to do 139, verse 13 through 18. Oh, yes. You shaped me first inside then out you formed me in my mother's womb i thank you high god you're breathtaking body and soul i am marvelously made i worship and adoration what a creation You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare. 
How beautiful. God, I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. The word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for some perspective this morning. Thank you for the reminder of the psalmist's words that remind us just how vast your knowledge and love are. God, in your, in your pursuing us this morning, help us to be caught by your word, by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to talk to you about kind of three orientations to this scripture. Three orientations that we must discuss if we're going to talk about whether or not we are going to go apart from or towards intimacy with God. And one of them is kind of a far away, kind of a consumer view, kind of a, a bleacher's view. So I'm going to talk to you about a perspective from the bleachers. I'll call these the bleacher seats of a relationship with God. It is often in the bleachers that you will kind of realize that God is maybe something that you might be interested in or that you might be seeking. And observing from afar, observing God from that distance, it's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I want to say this to you. It could very well be one of the most important seats that you'll occupy because it might be the one that leads you into an intimate relationship with God, just the awareness of God in general. But there's a little bit of a, of, of a danger with the bleachers, and I'll describe it like this. How many of you have a Facebook or social media account? So, okay, so um, I'll say this. When we first friend God, right, it can be a little bit weird because, like, it can be one of those creepy friends on Facebook. Like, you're glad that you're their friend, but you don't know them, right? So it's not really cool to, like, occupy that spot with God for very long. Like, it's okay to friend God, and it's okay to say, okay, God, I'm kind of into you. I kind of get you or whatever. But if you kind of stay that way, it's a little weird. It can be a little weird. And you know you'd be creeping on God's page, right? Like, uh-huh, what's God doing here? What's God, uh-huh, hurricane, uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's not how God rolls. <laughs> God didn't send a hurricane to hurt anybody, but God is there through that suffering. I like how Pastor Stan said it last week. That nature is free willy-nilly. <laughs> I thought that was a good way to describe it. But I want to say this to you. God is intimate within God's self. So you have the Trinity, you have God, and you have the one who created us. You have the other person of God, Jesus, the Son of God who was sent to redeem and save the world. And then you have the Holy Spirit, and God relates to God's self perfectly. And we are invited to participate divinely in this beautiful love. Paul describes this awesomely, this reconciling work of God through Christ in this, by the power of the Spirit when God 
says in the word, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So the first thing that I want you to know about these bleacher seats is that if you know Jesus Christ, you must know that God is continually revealing God's self through Jesus. Amen? Amen. But observing is not a lifestyle of worship. So let me explain to you that that's just consumerism, right? Just observing. That's not a lifestyle of worship. And God is pursuing us more deeply than that. God is expecting not only a lifestyle of worship, but is calling us to some kind of response to God. There is no world where in the world that is beyond God's love and care for you. And friends, that is a good thing, and that is what the psalmist is saying. But how we respond to those free gifts of grace that God is offering us is very important. And in fact, how we respond can move us beyond just knowing that God exists and knowing God more intimately. So will you move away from, apart from, or toward real intimacy? With God. Now, this is this is uh, uh, gives us another perspective that we have to consider as God pursues us, and we talk about God being personal, and we ask this question. We have to know that moving from the bleachers into a more personal relationship with God means having a two-way conversation, an active two-way conversation. And what that means is not, what it does not mean is that we sit and we talk, 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 talk to God, but we never make space to listen <laughs> and receive from God. How many have you have ever been guilty of that? Let me tell you, I've done this. I, I'm sure there are times where God would love to just go, shut up. <laughs> you know, like seriously, take a breath. Let me say something. But what I do want you to know is in this active two-way conversation that God is calling us to when God is trying to get into our personal space, that two-way conversation, God is always initiating it. It's not you. <laughs> it's not you. The thought that you have to have a two-way conversation with God is initiated by God. God's Spirit is putting God's Word, God's name on your mind. So God is initiating that conversation. And I tell you, what's beautiful about that and the way that the psalmist says is, is that body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship you, God, in adoration. What a, what a creation. So God's spirit has put in this psalmist's head the awe that the psalmist should have, just having been created by God. That is passionate praise from a person whose affirmation comes from their status as a child of God. Amen? God has gotten into that personal space, right? Didi, what was the rule about personal space you shared with me? 
like, Didi has like a calculation for this. 18 inches to four feet is personal space, and under 18 inches is intimate space, right? I liked that. I thought that was interesting. But this psalmist's joyful cry is a holy voice that dignifies all people. He is saying, God, I am marvelously and wonderfully made. But as children of God who are created by God, each and every one of us get to claim that. Now, if you've ever been subject to those who would treat you as if you weren't, you weren't to claim that, trust this. The one true God who created you understands you intimately over and against your oppressor. That's what I want you to hear. I want every single one of you to know that. So anybody that ever wants to try to make you out to be something less than a child of God, God knows you more intimately than that. You don't have to buy that baloney. Amen? Amen. Say, I ain't buying that baloney. Right. We are not buying that baloney crosswalk. We're not going to do it. It never ceases to amaze me how many times in our daily lives... That we question the sacred worth of another human being. We see it rampant in our culture with xenophobia and racism and gender bias and sexual orientation and ageism and more and more and more. And they all stem from this same thing. They all try to devalue other human beings. But the psalmist says, body and soul I am marvelously made. So your personal space can be invaded by the Spirit, and you can claim that, these psalmist words right now. It's a gut-check reminder at how awesomely intimate God's love for us actually is. God created this world out of nothing at all. And when I hear that, I hear that air supply song, out of nothing at all. You remember that one? Come on, I know I'm not the only one old enough. Y'all lying now. Now, knowing that sin would enter the world, knowing that we would reject God and others, God enacted a plan, right? A plan to save the world and each of us by becoming incarnate in Jesus Christ. God got into our personal space. What is it, Didi? How many inches? 18 to 4 feet. 18 inches to Jesus got into our personal space. You know what I'm saying? So God comes into our personal space. No wonder the psalmist is so blown away about how God created him. We should all be blown away. God created each of us in a way that unites us to God in the utmost way. How more utmost can you get than personal space? Think about how God made you. God made you. And we've only begun to scratch the surface of understanding that. We've got all these genomes and cells and organs and ligaments and bones and nerves and the list goes on and on. Now, if you want to know why you should worship God, just think about the fact that God made you. How life is breathed into you by the Spirit. 
and then how God's son redeems you. The integrity of that claim is undeniable. It's been passed down for generations now. God is moving us into and toward a personal relationship with God. Not apart from one, but toward one. So if you sat in a church or somebody that told you that God's trying to move you away, don't buy the baloney. Because then they say, I ain't buying the baloney. Now some of us may not like it. Because relationships with an upright and honest, holy God exposes truths about ourselves. Now I've got good news for you, though. A relationship and conversation with God should boil down to love. Even when it involves correction. God's Spirit and Son came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to save the world, not condemn it. That's John 3, 18. 3, 17, sorry. The Spirit was given to breathe life, to judge us in love, yes, but to pursue you with a relentless forgiveness and mercy. (laughs) Nowhere in the Word of God Does the Spirit of God throw a book at you or condemn you or imprison you? Quite the opposite. Even when we don't deserve it, God's response to us is love and acceptance and mercy and grace. Even when we try to make it about ourselves, God responds with acceptance and love and mercy. Even when we tear each other down, God responds with love and acceptance and mercy and grace over and over. God is the faithful one. That's hard for us. Because it's hardly how we respond to each other. But trust me this when I say that there is nowhere in this world that you can find yourself that is beyond the great and beautiful love and care of God. And God won't stop there either. It was not enough for God to come here and be with us. God got intimate. God said, no, not just with you, in you. In you. In you. I send my spirit. God is not going to settle for anything less than intimacy. God's knowledge is intimate. God's heart is intimate. And and God's knowledge is mind-blowing, wrote the psalmist. It pursues us because God wants this intimate relationship. And God is not going to settle for anything less than our whole heart. Right on the altar. God's not going to settle for anything less. That's the beauty of the psalm. God is not going to settle being your friend alone or your acquaintance or the creeper on your page of life. God's love pursues us intimately, but let me tell you, friends, jealously too. You know what I'm saying? Jealously. Our God and our teacher is God in Christ who passionately searches us out to know us and comes to know us in order 
to love and lead us. That's what Jesus did. And it is in that searching and knowing from which the word itself was written. Listen to Paul's description of Jesus as one who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Christ is the crowning act of God's encounter with people in a world of wonder. And Christ is also the crowning act of God's encounter with people in a world of sin. <laughs> Both. With the confidence of the psalmist, therefore we get to claim Paul's words. Let us therefore approach the throne of God's grace boldly. As children of God. Home. God in us. God with us. Are you growing apart from or toward intimacy with God? Because let me tell you, friends. God's intimacy will have no competitors. No competitors with God's intimacy. It's got to be monogamous. <laughs> but we try to make it this open relationship, right? <laughs> we try that. God, I love you. I love you and I want to be loved by you. <laughs> but blank is a bigger priority in my life. What are you filling in that blank with? You know, let the, let the Spirit... Search you. Is it your click? Is it other relationships that you have in your life? But you know what God says? I'm a jealous God. <laughs> Is it calendars and busy schedules? God, I love you. I want to be loved by you. But my calendar and my schedule is a bigger priority in my life than you. But God says, seek first my kingdom. <laughs> God, I love you and I want to be loved by you. But money and fame and glory are a bigger priority in my life. But God says my grace is sufficient. <laughs> God, I love you and I want to be loved by you. But power and status are more important to me. And God says, well, I gave you power. The power to love and the power to have self-control. God, I love you, but God, authority is a bigger priority in my life. And God says, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and authority over the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. No weapon formed against you shall stand. And that is not because of who you are, but because of who God is. It's not about me. It's about who God is. True intimacy, though, with God comes with a requirement. It requires us to sometimes take the painful inventory of where it is that we do not want God to be with us. Where it is that we do not want God to be with us. And that is where we nail Jesus Christ. You stay right here. I'll be back. I've got to go do something. 
At the cross is where things get sticky. But at the cross is also where we can lay those idols down. That's a true response to God. That is a true act of repentance. That is true intimacy. Crosswalk, you are 16 years old. Oh my gosh, that means you get the keys to the car. (laughs) And I have some terrific news for you. There is nowhere in the world that you can find yourself that is beyond the outstanding love and care of God. God is pursuing you, even came to you and got in your face, (laughs) in your personal space, and now is searching you in your most intimate places. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for knowing us and loving us. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you, God, for who you are and help us to live into an intimate relationship. Help us, God, for any idol that we may hold on to, throw it down at the foot of your cross in an authentic response to be in a relationship with you. Help us, God. Forgive us for those times where we have put other things in priority. Help us to make you the priority. Help us to make our relationship with you the priority. In Jesus' name, amen.